This episode of Pick Up the Six podcast is sponsored by Allbirds. I've been an Allbirds customer for years because their shoes look great, they're super comfortable, and they make shoes and clothes that are better for you and better for the planet by using revolutionary premium natural materials. As a runner, I'm also looking for a shoe that feels and fits great out on a run. And so I'm pumped to tell you about the Allbirds Tree Flyer. I have a pair and they are great. The Tree Flyer is lightweight, super springy and wildly comfortable making your running efforts of all shapes and sizes feel surprisingly effortless. They provide unbelievable cushion and comfort so even your toughest runs are easier on your body. I noticed from step one when I put these on they just felt great and that's thanks to the Swift Foam midsole. It's lightweight and big on cushion and energy return. I recommend these shoes because I wear these shoes. I have the orange ones Plus, they have loads of other great stuff, too. And they're hooking you up with a free pair of Allbirds socks on your next order of 50 bucks or more. Just use the promo code PICKUPTHESOCKS. Pretty good, right? Pick up the socks at allbirds.com on your next order of 50 or more, and you're getting a free pair of socks from those guys. Lace up the tree flyer and get running today at allbirds.com. That's allbirds.com. Eddie Penny was on the tip of the nation's spear as a Navy SEAL actively engaged in the global war on terrorism. He was a warrior who had to be ready for anything the battlefield threw at him. And in the middle of all that, life threw something at him he did not anticipate, becoming a single parent to three young kids. Eddie's back on Pick Up a Six podcast, and he's brought author and friend Keith Wood with him. Together, they've chronicled Eddie's story in a new book, Unafraid. Put on the whole armor of God and settle in for this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast. Gentlemen, a good afternoon to you both. Eddie, good to see you. Keith, good to have you on, man. Thanks good for to having me. see us. you, buddy. Excited to do this. You got a big book launch coming up, and man, just a matter of days, weeks at this point, I think July 26th is target date uh, for the new book. And Eddie, we talked a bunch about your story when we had you on a few episodes ago, but I thought, man, let's get Keith on too. Let's talk about the process again, the book together and just all that kind of came out of it. What's going to be in it so people can get excited about it. They can pre-order and do all that good stuff. So fellas, I'm just grateful for the chance to, uh, to have another good conversation with you. Love it, buddy. Dude, when you said armor of God, I was like putting on my chain mail and my freaking gauntlets. I'm like, yes, let's go. <laughs> But dude, before I got, I have to, I have to add on to the intro. Sure. A lot of people don't know Keith Wood. They don't know him uh, really at all. They, we do the Unafraid podcast together, but I just want to put out there like his writing style, this book wouldn't be like, honestly, it'd be like Clifford, the big red dog pop-up mm. version without him. Like, seriously, I give like so much respect. He's a very humble man. He doesn't go out there searching, searching for the glory. A lot of guys might not know this, but he was a co-author for Terminalist. And I believe the second one, uh, what was a Savage Son? Is that what the second one was? First three, but I'm, I'm not allowed to say co-author. So I, I was involved in the writing of the first three he was he, Okay, I yeah. can. He was he, he co-authored the book. He was writing in the book. A very, very tremendously. I remember that process because we were friends back then. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've got the respect has got to be given to him and notoriety of where, where, you know, the respect where it's given, right? Or where it's due. So. I said Appreciate that, it, man. Yeah, I'm a, I'm excited to talk about how you guys got together, how this all came to be, and the process of doing this. Right, it's one thing to sit down and you know put pen to paper, fingers to keyboard, and write your own stuff, but to do it with somebody else, I mean, there's a lot that comes with it. There's a ton of vulnerability that comes with it. So we're going to dig in. 
to all that. Keith, uh, you also co-host the podcast uh, with Eddie. You guys have, have done some shows over there. I think this is the first time you've been a guest on one. So we're excited to kind of pop that cherry here today. Yeah, so absolutely. To do it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's, it's funny how, I, I mean, I've, I've done some, uh, you know, uh, NRA TV spots and stuff like yeah. that in the past, but not technically a podcast. So yeah, this is, yeah, this is new, time it's, zero. It's a new world. It's yeah, a hot seat. Exactly. Man. It's good. Exactly. It's the new You're thing. Podcast, friends, man. I'm letting, I'm letting everyone into my office. That's right. So it's a, it's a, not like a conventional path to becoming a writer and an author, right? I don't think you, if I know, if I heard from your story correct, right, it wasn't a thing that you sort of set out to do. No. But you want to join the military. You got med boarded out after a few days. So, so God moves your path, right? Your journey changes a little bit. So yep. tell us how we get to the point where you're writing articles for like Guns and Ammo magazine and things like that to kind of get you in that space. Yeah. So C student. Did not ever expect to be a, yeah, a published writer. Mm-hmm. I guarantee my English teachers did not expect me to be a, involved in New York Times bestsellers. Um, but like, like you said, life life throws you different curves and, and you just got to move forward. Um, like I said, went, went to college on an ROTC scholarship, which is where I got to know our mutual friend, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Uh, got med boarded out of the Army and kind of didn't know what to do. I, I This is all I've wanted to do since I was four years old. Now I'm 20. What do I do now? So decided to go to law school, which was kind of a punt. I didn't really want to be a lawyer, but there's three years to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew sure. up. So I did uh, figured out about a weekend that I didn't really want to be a lawyer. Um, couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand two years in your buddies are making good money and buying houses and doing all these things. And you're still living like a college kid. Yeah. But, you know, not a quitter finished, spent a little time as a prosecutor and then landed what at the time was my dream job, which was a lobbyist for the National Rifle Association. I've been a gun guy and a Second Amendment guy since I was a little mm-hmm. kid. So did that, spent a lot of time on the road doing some some really neat things, meeting some some great people. And one of my friends when I worked there is a guy named Jeff Johnston, who was at the time one of the editors of American Hunter magazine. And I've always been a big consumer of of those type of magazines. And I noticed that some of the stuff I was reading it's like, oh, I, I could kind of do this kind of sucks. Yeah. I kind of do better than this. Yeah. And I told him that he said, well, write me something. And, you know, he was very frank in his uh, review of what I wrote. He said, do you, do you want me to tell you it's good? Or do you want me to tell you the truth? I'm like, no, I, you do me no favors by telling me it's great. Um, and he did. And I got better and found a way to get published and did that for, you know, a dozen years, maybe before a book thought ever even crossed my mind. So you kind of make, yeah, making your way through that. Eddie, at what point do you guys get introduced? And, you know, Eddie joins the SEAL teams through the Marine Corps, right? So joins the Marines, right. becomes a SEAL, right? Has this incredible career. And you guys go back to episode 102, I think. I'm look, thinking about it off the top of my head. I think you were at 102 here. And we talk a lot about that career, the things he was a part of. Brother, I know we're not but a few weeks out of Extortion 17. And so we think about your friends and all those guys that were a part of that and, and everybody else as well. But when do you guys, at what point do you guys get connected up? And and because I know it's not like, hey, we're just going to write a book together, like a, fin- no, a friendship no. forms. No, definitely not. Uh, we met at a shooting course through the NRA, a couple of the uh, retired SEALs. We, they started a, from a mutual friend, started a course. It was called Carry Guard. And I was one of the instructors. And Keith just came down. I think you were doing writing for it, right? Keith? Yeah, I was the editor of the magazine that accompanied the, the training. 
okay, so that's how. So we he went through the course. He had to go through the course to you know get all his uh, the wisdom to do his writing. Mm-hmm. And I was just t- there an instructor, and he knows he's not joking when he knows so much about guns. Like he's, he's what I call a gun dork. And I mean that with all respect. I, I just like, I don't know the nomenclatures, the velocity of this and that. And with this, he's thing got all do. that stuff. There. He's Guilty. got all, he, he's, he's, yeah. he's good to go, man. I can tell you how to do that with like a sandwich, but that's probably about <laughs> it. <laughs> but he's like, he's legit. So we, we, we just kind of like a bond formed. Uh, we just like, he was, he was cool. And mm-hmm. we just kind of headed off, like started talking. And then we went our separate ways. And I, I think you wrote an article. I think you interviewed me, correct? Yeah, a couple different. Yeah, we did a like a shooting drill piece. That's right. And then that's right, that's right. I was doing a thing on um, kind of like the Grossman physiological effects of a gunfight. And you were mm. one of the guys that I interviewed, um, which that is probably going to end up as a whole separate book. There but, you go. Uh, yeah, so we just kind of lightly stayed in touch. And then went on the Mike Ritland podcast. I think a year or two probably passed, went on the Mike Rickland uh, podcast. And a lot of people were like, Hey, you should write a, write a book. You should write a book. Uh, you should, you know, you should tell your story. And I, and I thought about it. Cause I actually started writing back in 2014. I had a, I guess you would say vomit on paper is probably the best mm-hmm. way to describe it. So I, I sent Keith. I was like, Hey buddy, I just did a podcast. Would you mind listening to it? Uh, tell me what you think. So I sent it to him. I think he listened to it within the day. Like I think cause he's a big podcast guy. We jump on a call and, and uh, I was like, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's good to go. And I was like, hey, man, I've uh, been thinking, what do you think about, you know, writing a book? And he goes, Keith, would you take over? I, I, yeah, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> yeah. So what about, just, Keith, what, about, what about the story grabbed you, right? Because there are, look, there are a lot of guys, incredible warriors who have been to combat, have experienced things, have seen things similar to what Eddie's seen, have had to uh, deal with things that Eddie's had to deal with, but there are some unique pieces of his story. So what jumped out of you that said, well, this probably puts us in another level here that we could put this into a book and, and get it out to people. Yeah. Really two things. The first one is the honesty. I mean, a lot of people carefully cultivate their public image and they only want to show the good stuff and they never make a mistake and they walk on water. Mm. That's not real life. And, you know, 10 seconds with Eddie and you know, he's not that guy. He's going to tell you all the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I like that. Uh, there's also a tremendous duality to his story. You know, here's this hardcore, scary looking warrior dude. Who if you saw on the street, you probably wouldn't mess with. And then now all of a sudden he's changing diapers and, you know, being there for his kids and just the, the I, I had a, I had a kind of a moment a couple of years ago, one of my buddies, my college roommate actually, uh, is an army officer. And I went to one of his events in at Fort Benning and I was in downtown Columbus having a beer. And I saw this, this badass yokes tatted up, probably Ranger regiment guy walking down the street, holding the hands with his little like two-year-old girl. And I was like, what a cool, you know, dichotomy between the two things. Um, so this story bridges that gap. I think there are people that will love this book that would never read a seal memoir. Mm-hmm. And there are people that are, are going to love the family side of this who wouldn't necessarily seek out that kind of book. Uh, I think it really touches everybody. Yeah, that pivotal moment is Eddie's, I think, essentially, if I remember correctly, you're basically getting ready for a deployment, right? And you're Two just hit out. with this bombshell that like marriage is over, wife's out, you got the kids. Uh, it, it, it's go time on the home front and having to yeah. 
shift quickly and figure out how to handle all that in the midst of going out and trying to track down uh, some terrible bad guys uh, and give them uh, their ultimate removal from this earth that they have so deserved and, and, uh, and been awarded at the hands of the elite operators of the United States military. That is such an incredible, you know, point, right? Obviously it's a pivotal moment in your life, Eddie, where things, and we talked about it before, tend to change. When, when you have to, it's one thing to put it all down on paper, right? Talk about it as much as you do, but talk to me a little bit about going through the process, right? Because Keith's got to pull stuff out of you. You guys got to talk about all these different mm-hmm. moments. What's that process Keith, like? I, I think Keith's seen me cry more than any person in this world, <laughs> <laughs> besides my wife. Like yeah. those two, they, I mean, he's, he, I mean, it's everything. Because his writing's so beautiful. He just, he, he, you know, he puts my thoughts and the, the story on paper and then you read it. It's like, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, man, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. I, I told Keith, I'm like, man, this is the end. This will be the end. This is the end. And then really looking back, I'm like, man, that was just the beginning. Like the, this, a new chapter in the life started. And I think that happened. What's so unique. I wouldn't say unique. It is unique because a lot of people don't see it in their own lives. This happens all the time. And people are like, my life is over. And really it's just like a, it's really just a season. And instead of looking at like, this is the end, like, this is the beginning. Okay. This is gone. Here's what we got. Here's what we're faced with. And now we're moving on. And uh, I, I mean, it took me, I'm not gonna lie. It took me a couple of years to realize that. And when I really realized all the craziness uh, and awesomeness of it all is when I'm reading his words on paper and I'm like, it just kind of came to life. So um, it was, this has been an intense process. I I, te- I don't know how many texts I've sent. I'm crying again. I'm crying again. Yeah. Still crying. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm crying at acknowledgments. It's ridiculous. The authors know. Table of contents. I'm crying. It's like I don't know what's going on. But it, it was it was probably one of the coolest experiences that I've ever done. And we've talked about we're uh, we're actually about to start our second one. We kind of started our second one, nice. but we've got a. Uh, I think we're we're partnering up on some good stuff coming down the pipe. So hell yeah, man! I love to yep. hear it. Keep. Keep, you don't need to give away all the secret sauce, right? Yeah. But what is the process like, right? So you you go into it organized, prepared. We want to make sure we cover these main things. What's that process like? And then are there moments where you realize, oh man, we're pulling a little nugget out here that we didn't even anticipate? Yeah. And the, the funny thing is there's no, there's no secret sauce, right? You just do it. Um, yeah. I'm not hyper-organized. My thing is when I'm doing something for myself, I just start writing and kind of see what comes out. Or maybe I'll be thinking about it a little bit ahead of time. This is obviously different because this, this is Eddie's real life and we have to chronicle the, the events that happened. But our, our real process was, you know, we caught up on the phone a couple of times and we actually did uh, the, the Louis chapter, which is in the middle of the book over the phone. I don't think we'd even met person when we did that. And then I took about three, four days, a few years back, flew out to Dallas, spent that time with Eddie and we would just go essentially chapter by chapter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me about your childhood. And I would just try to pull stuff out of them. And, you know, a lot of years have gone by. A lot of things have happened since. A lot of explosions in Eddie's close proximity. Sometimes the challenge was putting those memory pieces back together. But it always it always came eventually. And then sometimes, you know, when I'd send him something, it would trigger another memory. He'd say, oh, yeah, yeah. And then this happened. Um, and to this day, there are stories that he'll pull out or I'll pull out that mm-hmm. I'm like, how did you not? 
tell me that before. Like if I had that story, I would leave with that every time. But he's that's why you got to keep the podcast so going because you can. This thing can live and breathe, right? That's why you yeah. guys stay on the airways. Yeah. I'll give you a, a quick because it can keep going. I'll give you a quick example. Uh, ran into a college friend in DC a couple couple months ago. And we had dinner, and he's an ex army guy. Works for a, a startup company run by a seal, and he told we we're talking about you know these guys are different. As I say, different kind of dog than I am, right? Like I'm a lab. I can bite you, but I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Eddie's more like a Malinois. Um, and he told this story of these guys at a lazy river. And one of the team guys said, I bet I can swim that whole entire lazy river without coming up for air. And he's doing it and he gets pretty close to the end and he passes out. And they're going to jump in and save him. And one of the guys goes, no, no, wait, let him finish. And then let him kind of glide across the finish line. They jumped in, pulled him out and did CPR. I'm telling Eddie his story. He goes, that was me. I was the what? guy. I was, I was the, the one guy that, that said, pulled him out and gave him the CPR. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he won the bet though, man. He just had to stay underwater. Didn't say he had to be conscious. <laughs> so I'm like, how do we know each other this many years? You've never told me that story. So that's hilarious. Must be some good ones. You don't freaking remember it. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. funny. That was a good, that was a good story. But basically we, we, we would break it up by chapter. Yeah. I'd, I'd write a chapter, send it to him. You know, he might come back with some feedback. Um, you know, oh, I remember this now, or no, this didn't happen this way, or let me go check on this. And we just did it chapter by chapter. And people, you know, the thought of writing a whole book can be an overwhelming process, but if you break it down into small enough bits, it's really no big deal. Eddie, was there anything in there that was harder to talk about than you thought it might be? My kids were very sore spot. I like just seeing how self-absorbed I was in that mm-hmm. time of my life. That was yeah. a tough one. And then talking about Amanda, my, my wife, that was a, uh, that was a tough one. I it, tough. Cause it's so good. It's a blessing. It's just, it, it just hit home. I mean, it just, it hit home, but the real, the real magic came when we started we we're like, Hey, we need, we, we had the book pretty much. We're like, we need to do something. And I think and correct me if I'm wrong, Keith, I think it was like, Hey dude, Let's do some like thoughts, like a letter to my children at the end of each chapter. Oh, and then, and and then like, Hey, here's some of the lessons that dad learned. And it was going to be strictly speaking to my children, but then we started going through it and he and Keith like, I think we should kind of broaden it to just anyone and everyone. And we got the hot wash idea from. Yeah. My buddy JB who uh, air force pilot and he read one of the early drafts and we mentioned a hot wash in one of the chapters and he said, you should really apply that to these lessons learned because that's what it is. And we did. And it's, it's you know, kind of now a central part of the book. Hot so wash, every, yeah, hot wash is the review held after military training and real world operations, facilitating growth and improvement and honest evaluation of strength and weaknesses, right? So you guys in the business world might call it a SWAT, right? You might call it a debrief if you've come out of the air, but that's kind of what those guys are talking about there. Yep. And it was, uh, that's where the magic really came in. And that's where I got real emotional because I would, what I would do is I would have to read the chapter. And as the thoughts and the emotions were mm. coming, I would record that down, but I would just put like bullet points and then I would send Keith the bullet points. And then we would jump on a phone, uh, jump on the phone after I read, I, like it had to be, I think we had like an hour or two window. We had to talk right. because the emotions, like, fresh. It, it, yeah. it had to be real. Like yeah. we couldn't, like, I think we tried it like, Hey, we'll catch up tomorrow. I'm like, I hey, dude, I need to reread the chapter. It's gone. And uh, we got on there. I'm like, hey, here's what I'm feeling. This is what I got going on. I think we would record it and he would play back the recordings and he would write it, send it. And then we, you know, change a few things, add some more things or whatever it was. But that's 
that was that was really neat to do and it it was kind of it was kind of a uh, therapeutic yeah at the same time so is each section at the end called that it's called the hot wash it's called the hot wash at each and some are a little bit some are maybe a paragraph or two others are a few paragraphs uh so it just it just depends on the chapter i've seen that done in some other works and i'm a huge fan of that style because you lay out so much and then have the chance to kind of you know summarize capsule you know encapsulate your feelings at the end i think it's a cool lessons learned yeah Yeah. for sure it was it was good so that was that was definitely a huge win and it's the benefit of years of hindsight. Mm. You know, if you sat down Eddie at 18 and said, we'll talk about your childhood, he'd have a completely different perspective than he has now as a father and as an adult and all these things. So it's, it's almost the, we're going to sit back at the end of life. And what am I going to say about this chapter of my life? Um, and there's some, he's very uh, self-deprecating in some of it. You know, I made a mistake here. Part of, yeah. part of this is my fault. I didn't do the right thing. I wasn't there enough. Uh, and I think that's a part that will really resonate with folks. Yeah. There's also, there's also a lot of lessons learned in that Eddie too, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of folks that might write something like this and and be looking more to point externally. And I just know that you're willing to take a look internally and process that stuff. So outside of this, cause I know there's stories, right? You it's chronologically sort of carrying you through these moments, but what main messages, right? What kind of themes were you hoping came across in this thing? I guess the, the themes just kind of came up. It's just like, hey, take, I guess it really comes down to a lot of take ownership and really, you know, your faith and your family's first. And my, I didn't live my life like that when I was with the teens. The teens were first. They were always first from day one. And I justified that by like, okay, it's for the country. It's for the citizens of this country. Bad guys are doing whatever they're doing, regardless of what you think with conspiracies and all this crap regardless there's bad there's bad people and i was like that my job and my passion and purpose is to go rid them of this earth and everything everything was you know secondary Mm -hmm. uh and i thought i was doing the right thing and i don't use that as an excuse looking back i was wrong i could have Mm -hmm. done both by being more engaged with my family having certain lines of communication open uh designated times to be with them to be with my children Instead of taking the lazy route, like I'm tired, I'm going to go take a nap or I got to go to sleep or I'm going to go work on my gear. Your gear can freaking wait, dude. You can yeah. spend at least a half hour or whatever with your children, get on their level. And I, and I didn't do that uh, until, until later. I'm, I mean, you know, each kid gets better and better. I mean, I, I talked to my oldest daughter. She's 22. Uh, I think it was like two days ago. And I was like, hey, the book's coming out. Uh, she hasn't read it yet. And I was like, I just want you to know, I apologize for her. Um, me choked up here. Hmm. Dang it, Keith. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, hey, I apologize. Like, I, I could have done better. Um, your mom, you know, I told her your mom's in there and certain things that she did. I'm like, but I know for a fact that I drove her to do certain things uh, by being absent. And that's my fault. That's 100% my fault. I was like, so don't be hard on her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're going to be hard I on anyone, you. be hard on me because hmm. I'm the one that screwed up. So, but uh, yeah, it's, that, that's probably the biggest thing, man, is that family piece, dude. I And that's been a hard thing for me, too. And I, and I think it's hard for a lot of men and a lot of dads to understand that your family is freaking priority. Your your job, they don't give a crap. Yeah. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll get rid of you, you know, tomorrow. You don't care. You're, you really, I, I hate saying this, but you really don't matter that much. Not as much as that family does. That's supposed to be there for you. You're I know, but it's so, it like, and I'm on the outside looking in, right? But in the work you're in, right? In the in your line of work, 
right? It's probably so easy to say, I, I know I have to be a thousand percent focused here. It was easy to, to be say, elite I, yeah. on the battlefield. But I guess what you're saying is in time you grew and you said, no, I could have. There are I could have, I could I could have done, done things better. I still could have been fully engaged in my work. Uh, but I mean, I just, I got shut, I shut down the family side. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to feel, uh, and that might've been natural reaction to protect myself. Uh, but as I'm doing that, I'm, you know, pretty much kicking the kids to the curb and I, it, you know, just, you know, what I've learned all well time. You know, I've learned all in time. Here's what I, here's what I think I've learned in time. Um, it's easy to go do the Navy SEAL stuff. It, it, it's hard training. It's right, hard I'm work. I'm right? It's dangerous. Right. But you're kind of like, you're doing what you like. I man, you're doing what you do. Right. It's hard. That other stuff is hard. It takes a lot of intentionality. It just, you've get, it's hard to do that. Sometimes it's easier to go out and do what you probably had to do on the battlefield, which might sound crazy to people. Like, man, I was going to do this. It home. makes sense. It's, right? it's great. I, I was talking to uh, at my counselor actually like last week and she, she read the book and she goes, I, she goes, which don't ever give your counselor your book about your life story because they will freaking tear you apart. <laughs> she's like, I, she's <laughs> like, I know my job. Figure it out now. She's I know like, my job's secure for a few years now. Yeah, she's like, this guy's this. with me for a long time. But she goes, you always talk about Tom's disease, terrified of missing stuff. Like, I got to be the first guy through the door. I got to, like, if we're, you know, we're out partying, I got to be up until freaking with the last person, right? I just got to, I can't, I don't want to miss anything. But she goes. You got to drag the almost dead guy out of the race in the water. Exactly. <laughs> like, you need that adrenaline. She goes, your family didn't provide that adrenaline. Yeah. And, I, and she said that. And I was like kind of thinking about it. I'm like, man, that makes a lot of sense because if it's anything like get you amped up, I'm like, gotta be there. Gotta be there. But really it doesn't come like that. But I, I just like, it hit me, man. It, uh, so that's a mindset it. thing, right? It is a mindset. Thing. That's You're taking some right. intentionality 100%. every day probably when you wake up to say, thank 100%. you God for this beautiful family that I'm blessed. hundred percent. It all goes back to the mind, bro. Right. <laughs> that you've entrusted me. You've entrusted me with these other lives as a man and as a father, you have been entrusted with the lives of these other people. And your number one job is to love and protect your family, right? 100%. Then you can be an asset for your community. Then you can fight, I think, to defend the middle of our country since we're so torn apart. Right. But that first one, <laughs> kind of like tale as old as time, man. I know, I know. And man, it, uh, realizing that was, was not a good, was not good. It, it sucked. It was a, it's, a, it's still a process. It's Keith, getting better. Eddie, yeah, it sure is. Now you keep every day, right? Every day we got to, we got to do right. Every day you got to get Baby a little steps. bit stronger with your physical yep. fitness. Every time you got to get a little bit stronger with your spiritual fitness, same thing with your family. Keith, Absolutely. Eddie learns a ton about himself, right? Through this process. How about for you, right? Being on the other side of it. Obviously you learn a lot about him yeah. as an author. Does it, does it give you a chance to get a little introspective to think about some of the things you're talking about? Yeah. I think one of the things is here, you know, as, as men, as, as boys, we go through this thing and you want to be tough and you want, you know, I was, all jacked, you know, worked real hard to get up to like 220 and wanted to look a certain way and be mean and not. And then you meet somebody like Eddie, who's by any measure, a true badass. Right. And you know, the how do you want to be bad? Well, I want to be a SEAL team six breacher that, mm-hmm. you know, did this and that for him to be vulnerable, for him to say, I love my children more than I care about my biceps for him to say, Oh, by the way, I'm a Christian and these are my beliefs and I'm not yep. ashamed of them. Yep. That just as an individual that inspired me. Um, and honestly, as you guys were just talking about that, you know, I'm not an operator. I'm not away. I'm not getting shot at, 
but I'm in this phase of life where, you know, I didn't grow up wealthy. Right. So I feel like, um, make hay while the sun's shining. I'm trying to do everything I can. We've got a lot of cool stuff going on. And my father's day card a couple weeks ago, my middle daughter, who's eight years old, who's very bright, uh, said, daddy, I love playing with you, but you're always either working, working out or gone. Mm -hmm. I wish I could see you more. And that was like a, just a dagger to the heart. I'm glad she said it. If that's on her mind, I don't want to hear it when she's 20 and in rehab. Right. I want to hear it now so I can address it. Yeah. But, um, being in this mind of like introspection and, and everything that we do in the book really helped me sit back and go, okay, you know what? Yep. This next project can wait. Yep. I'm going to kill myself while they're in school. And then when they get home, that's their time. So it's all of that stuff, right? Like, and, and we get, you know, you, you grow up a little bit, just, they just want your time. Yeah. Then that's what they need. There was Those uh, are the things that they'll remember. I know when my girls and I go out and we do intentional specific things, just us, right? We do great experiences with mom too, but sometimes it's just got to be the two girls and me, right? We go camping. We do these Y guides activities. I, I can tell two or three days after that, there's a, right. They're hanging a little closer. They're hanging a little closer to dad. Mm -hmm. After having that shared experience, they just, they just want, they want time. I'm so grateful for you guys digging into that stuff and being willing to leverage the experiences that you have in the military, Eddie, this pivotal moment that happens till I think when people read this to, to get some valuable life lessons and maybe say, let me take a look in the mirror a little bit and see what I'm doing, what I could be doing. Yep. That mirror, That's, that was our hope. That mirror gets clearer every time, every page you turn, it gets a little bit clearer. <laughs> Right, give me some specifics, fellas, because we got to know where people can get this thing, how they can pre-order it, what the schedule looks like. I know we're going to do the audio book in a few months, right? So they can get the paperback book now, hardback, and then right, then they can come back in, get the audio book later. So just lay it out for me, man. Tell me, tell them where they can find it and all that good stuff. So right now you can do pre-order. I actually just ordered the books uh, like right before this. You can pre-order signed copies on eddiepenny.com. You can get soft or hard. And then the book will be available on ebook, uh, soft and hard, July 26th on Amazon. And then do, do, do audiobook, we're going to record the first week of August. And that we're, we're being told that it'll come out after the recording, end of October, beginning of November. You're laying all that audio down? Yes, I'll be doing the book. I'll be doing it. You know what else you can get at eddiepenny.com? Great shirts. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> you can get great shirts. Keith like Sugars. Oh, wait. Keith oh. didn't wear one. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Darn it, Keith. <laughs> I had uh I had the Ephesians six shirt on yesterday, right? Got the other one. it, buddy. Shoot. Put it up. Put hey, it up I grew up. Yesterday. You never wore the shirt of the I band know. that you're going to their concert. I know. Right? <laughs> What's funny, I went and saw Guns N' Roses last year and had never seen them before. Yeah. I've seen everybody else in the world but them. Show up to the concert. My brother and I were in South Florida huge South American audience, which those guys love hard rock and heavy metal. Sure. And every single person but us had Guns N' Roses shirts. On. <laughs> and I'm like, that must not be a thing in South America where you can't wear the the, the shirt to the concert. Were you to. rocking like a sweet ripped jean jacket or something though? Like I went uh, I went Van Halen. There you so go. You do tri another tribute yeah. to Eddie. Yeah. You know, I'm Van still in mourning on that one. But Van Halen, not Van Hagar, fellas. I love them both. They're my, they're my two favorite bands. <laughs> Have both of them. <laughs> oh man, right. I'm fucking. I, I'm, I'm using foul language. I'm pumped for you guys. I'm pumped for this experience. <clears throat> I'm excited to get my hands on it. I'm excited for our listeners too. I know they're going to get a lot out of it. And you go back and listen to that first episode of Eddie. You listen to this one today, and you're going to realize if you haven't already, 
there's just going to be a lot of great takeaways in there that I'm, I'm excited for. Last thing before we go, how much faith you got, Eddie, I love how you will literally, right? Literally wear it on your sleeves, right? It's on your arms. It's on your body. How much of that do you explore in the book? What, what, what do folks get from that part of it? Uh, faith is exposed. Like I kind of go to my story of why I, I didn't, I wasn't raised a Christian or, you know, in religion whatsoever. And I give why, uh, and I show the benefit of it. I show the power, the healing, the redemption. I, I, I lay it out. I, I lay it out. Um, I don't think it's to an overwhelming thing, but I think, I think, I mean, it's just, it's the reality. It's like, Hey, here's what happened. Here's where I screwed up. Here's where I finally surrendered. Uh, surrendered more because I'm surrendering mm-hmm. every day still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just kind of, it just goes to show, man, the proof is in the pudding of just like changing of your heart and your soul. And uh, I, I put it all towards him hundred percent. I'm excited because if you flip on the regular news, everything sucks, right? It's terrible. The world's yeah. terrible. We all hate each other. It's the, and maybe there's some truth in some of those things. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just the circles that I'm in and the people that I follow, but I feel like I am seeing more warriors like yourselves, more men like you stepping into the faith breach and being willing to put it out front. You, Dom, Warrior Poet Society guys, you know, uh, uh, Three of Seven Project, right? Like, I feel like I'm seeing, maybe it's always been there. I don't know. I just feel, I feel like I'm seeing more of it. And that's, I think think, it's a good thing. I think it's getting amped up. I think it's getting amped up. I think it's, we kind of see the evil. I think he like, knows right, we need it. We, we can't do that. We got to, we got to smack it down. I think he knows we need it. It's a, mm-hmm. I'm a firm, pretty firm believer in pendulums, right? Pendulum's going to swing. Yep. I feel like on some things we're swinging pretty far right now, Keith, right? A little bit further than I'm comfortable with. Yeah, absolutely. But, I, but he's got a pretty good ability of arming up those who need to help that thing swing back a little bit. Uh, maybe if you think right. back of, of obviously there are historical examples, but the one that jumps out to me is, the book uh, unbroken yeah and louis zamperini goes through all these horrendous things and it, and you don't you don't see it coming right and here he's gone down this dark path and then he goes to a uh you know revival and changes his life and all that kind of stuff and there's a reason that these stories kind of follow the same path and it's it's because it works yeah because it's real so yeah. it's very real yeah well said july 26th release date but they can pre-order now right uh, no, July 26th, it'll be available. Perfect. Eddiepenny.com is where you go to get all that, right? Everything's all the signed. The sign, if you want signed copies, mm-hmm. that's the only place you can get signed only copies. Place to get. Rest Other than that, and you can, you can order that now, but, uh, if you want Amazon, then go July 26th. But that's what I'm saying. They can pre-order signed copies now on the website. Absolutely. Great. Cool. So you're going to want that one, right? If you're going to go, you might as well go big. All right. So get the man. That's right. Fellas, <laughs> excited for you, man. Excited for the journey here over the next couple of weeks and couple of months. Know it's going to be a smashing success and know that uh, he's brought you two together to create this thing that I think will have, will be impacting lives. And when it's all said and done, because the kids won't care that much about the stories, they'll still have it, right? They'll That's have right. that piece. That's right. It's pretty cool. It's forever. Yeah. History. That's right. That was good to talk to you. You Thank too. Thank you. It's Keith Wood, Eddie Penny. I'm Brian Jodis. That's been this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast.